school afternoon it's september 28th time for one of the final episodes of spooktember a daily halloween prep podcast brought to you every single day of september this has been a wild ride and we're gonna send it out in a wild way september 30th please tune in for the final episode of spooktember it's going to be a mega long episode and it's also going to be explicit so just be warned about that but of course it would have to be explicit because it's victoria and i talking about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I had not seen until about 12 hours before we recorded. It's a heck of a conversation, and I can't wait to share it with y'all. But that doesn't feel like a good enough send-off for Spooktember. I mean, we have just spent a whole derned month with it. That's how time works, right? Uh, Let's have a big old online party, a big finale party on my Discord, which you can join by clicking the invite link in the show notes or going to our Twitter or Instagram, at SpooktemberPod, to find out more. Uh, Yeah, we're going to hang out on Discord starting at 6 p.m. Monday, September 30th. Uh, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to hang out. We're going to play some Jackbox party games. We're going to live stream some videos. It's going to be fun. We're going to hang out. There's going to be some co-hosts from Spooktember in attendance as well. It's going to be great. Now, let's get on to today's episode. We got a biggie today, folks. We're going to talk about the one, the only, one of the biggest dogs in entertainment, if you don't count Clifford because he's objectively the biggest dog. Today, Jared and I are going to hang out and talk about Scoobert Doo. Hi, Jared. Hello. Welcome. Uh, welcome to Spooktember. You pitched something like the third day I started this wild podcasting mm-hmm. experiment, and I've been very excited to talk about this. Uh, you mentioned one of the things you do to get in the Halloween spirit is Marathon Scooby-Doo, which sounds simple on its surface, but is actually a really complicated mm-hmm. thing. So I wanted to I wanted to have you on to talk about that. Uh so what do you do, like, just just to kind of broad strokes, like, what do you do when you sit down to, like, watch a bunch of Scooby-Doo? When I sit down, you know, just to get in the Halloween spirit, which is really a year-round thing, it's not even confined to September or October, uh, I prefer a lot of the classic Scooby-Doo and getting into the stuff that I grew up with. And really, I think that's kind of the... Uh, the only real answer to the idea of like well, what makes a good marathon it's really whatever you grew up with mm-hmm. or if you didn't grow up with scooby-doo whatever uh, usually i would say usually not 100 percent of the time but usually whatever you got introduced to when you first experienced the oeuvre of scooby-doo the sc- i was gonna make a portmanteau and i thought better yeah. of that yeah <laughs> the school I did it anyway. <laughs> that I, I I respect the commitment to the bit. So I regret it. <laughs> I we neither of us are old enough to be like I remember the CBS years from 1969 <laughs> to 1976. He says blatantly having mm-hmm. the Wikipedia open on this. So Scooby Doo mm-hmm. as a just as a television franchise, just looking at the table of contents i see five different networks that a scooby-doo property yeah. has been produced for mm-hmm. from six from 69 to now like i i remember when the i forget the name of it but the the one that has like that cal arts gravity falls kind of look to it that came out a few years ago i remember when that was the new scooby-doo it's be cool scooby-doo is that what it is? The one that looks like a Seth MacFarlane show? That The one that, yeah, it has like that uh, Gravity Falls-y. I, I think the like, there's like a derogatory term being thrown around called the Cal Arts look because apparently like a bunch of people who 
we're at Cal Arts at the same time now all have that similar style. Uh, but yeah, it does look like a it does mm-hmm. look like a Family Guy throwaway animated Scooby Doo. It's like an SNL short and yeah. Oh yeah, I can I can totally hear Saturday TV Funhouse playing before you see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now that's the second oldest Scooby Doo, like or the second newest. Yeah. Now there's Scooby Doo and Guess Who. Yeah. Which do you know what the premise of that show is? I do not. I hadn't even heard the title until now. It is celebrities of. Uh, so basically, guest stars help the gang solve mysteries. Oh, and, Batman's here. Abraham uh, Lincoln. Yeah, Batman's here. Also, Weird Al Yankovic. Jim Gaffigan as himself. No. And <laughs> Keenan Thompson. I mean, I'm here for that. Uh-huh. Ew, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Keenan deserves Boo. more credit. Sia, and Sia's name is in the title of the episode. Now you Sia, now you don't. You know what? I was going to make a joke about this being a perversion of Scooby-Doo, but this is 100% as campy and doofy as the okay. the original. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin, please tell me what you mean by perversion, because I have a fact that may uh, <laughs> delight you. <laughs> well, it feels like, because, I mean, like, <sighs> there's the Yodification or the James Bondification of a pop culture entity. The older it gets, the more the more people's interpretation of it, having grown up with it, seems to be more canon than the actual thing. So, like, people do Yoda, mm. and they just do the you know, end of sentence first, <laughs> beginning of sentence second thing, and uh, they quote James mm-hmm. Bond, but when... Like how German works. Yeah. <laughs> so they 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 seem to have this thing in their head of the... the fla- I guess flanderization would be a better one. They, they flanderize an mm-hmm. old pop culture thing. So now whenever you make a new Scooby Doo mm-hmm. property, you are you are trying to be faithful to a version of Scooby Doo that doesn't exist. You are great mm. Gatsby-ing. You are you are Gatsby trying to live up to the audience who is Daisy's interpretation of Scooby Doo. Well it's Oh, well it's I have a example, but I just got like real theoretical real fast. Well I mean um, why not? I mean it's kinda like Quoting from Lacan, <laughs> if I'm going to actually follow this example, Lacan's, you know, in a massively reduced version of this theory basically states that um, we use language as a way of perceiving the world, but because of that barrier of perception, we can never actually fully interact with reality. And therefore, mm-hmm. that is the Lacanian real that we can never actually get to. Uh, in other words, you could say that, like, Scooby-Doo is an echo chamber in the way that, like, capitalist franchises and how they reinvent themselves and resurrect themselves as constant what do you want i mean you could call it part of the zeitgeist but it's also kind of part of a culture's vocabulary oh, yeah. of symbols and those are constantly changing to meet the tastes of the everyday but also what uh you know the corporations creating them uh think is profitable at the moment well i mean you're right though like the 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 when you open up the wikipedia entry just for the entity of scooby-doo 
this article is about the franchise. For the title character, see Scooby-Doo character. For other uses, see Disambiguation. But then it says, Scooby Gang and Mystery Machine redirect here. For the group of characters in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, see Scooby Gang, parentheses, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. For the Canadian band, see Mystery Machine, parentheses, band. Like, like we, re- we refer to the, the monster of the week trope in television as Scoop, like it, it, Scooby-Doo is referenced when you talk mm-hmm. about that quite frequently. Scooby Gang as a verb was popularized by Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but that is referencing this. I agree. It's, it's interesting because, you know, in terms of staying faithful to the original, you're always going to be chasing something that is itself constantly changing. Like the, uh, the idea of the original, which itself was, you know, part of this machine of uh, production in the Hanna Barbera, mm-hmm. uh, Hanna Barbera Studios, that was constantly like churning out stuff just to try and satisfy a market. In itself, I think like nostalgia enshrines that which doesn't necessarily have the inherent value that we attribute to it. Yeah. It even, enriches. You and I are sitting here talking uh, our memories. Yeah, Cause we're sitting here talking about Scooby-Doo, but that doesn't, that term doesn't mean anything. There never, there has never been a single entity in this franchise that has just been called Scooby-Doo. The, the name Scooby-Doo is in the title, but even the original show, the title is Scooby-Doo. Where are you? Uh, which that, and you know that, that Scooby-Doo's name wasn't originally Scooby-Doo either. Oh, please hit me with this. I need to know this. I don't remember the name exactly, but it's like... It's on the wiki. I swear you can find it very easily. But his original character was supposed to be like a beatnik. Well, I made the I made the mistake of trying to control F uh, Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and that, I've got uh, 410 hits on this page. <laughs> uh I can't imagine why. Silverman had rock band element was dropped. Oh my! Of course, it had a rock band element because it was the '60s, and you had to have a rock band. And mm-hmm. they were solving mysteries, and then they changed him from a sheepdog to a Great Dane, and then named him Scooby Doo based on a Frank Sinatra, you know, scat that he does in Strangers in the Night. What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, here, Gavin, <laughs> that probably would have aged about as well as Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which the the early 2000s Josie, or it was in 1999, the Josie and the Pussycats live action movie is still one of the best, like, movies based off of one of these things ever made, I argue. (laughs) So, Jared, when I was a kid, I watched, um, my library had, like, all of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You on DVD, and that was kind of my entry point. I I sometimes caught a pup named Scooby-Doo, like, four or five episodes of that. One of the Laugh Olymp All Star Laugh Olympics had you know the Scooby uh, Scooby as mm-hmm. one of the team members, um, and then the movies in the late nineties, in uh, the live action yeah. films, which we can talk about or we can just pretend never existed. But beyond that, I've only seen a handful of the Mystery Incorporated, uh, which is the rel- one of the relatively new ones. Which mm-hmm. I think that's the like Mystery Incorporated is kind of a throwback to the Where Are You in vibe, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it actually, it's very interesting because um, a lot of the Scooby-Doo f- kind of incarnations do actually uh, reference 
the prior material. Yeah. So you and I are on pretty similar pages. I had not, I grew up with the early classic stuff because that's what was, um, that was what was being syndicated. That was what was being, you know, oh, this is, you know, cheap and popular. We can sell yeah. it on VHS. And so I had a lot of VHSs of the, uh, of the classic episodes, which was the original series, which had three seasons, by the way. The first two is what get aired a lot. And then the third season... See, this is the funny part about um, how we enshrine uh, our, you know, babies, our our darlings, because Scooby-Doo was a mess from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Like an like an absolute train wreck from the beginning. And then the, the first two seasons are the, were, you know, are the classics, but Scooby-Doo, where are you had a third season Whoa. and the third season saw a marked drop off in quality, Whoa. in quality of like the animation in a uh, story in like everything. Did you know about this? What are you woeing about? I'm, I pulled up the episode list and I recognize basically all the episode names for seasons one and two i can't i can't tell you how many times i've seen minor minor 49er or uh what's the mm-hmm. pirate one with the ghost ship thing uh red, red beard. beard uh wax phantom i've seen all these tons of times and then mm-hmm. i scroll down to season three and i don't not a single one the snow beast uh-huh. maybe the snow beast one here's the thing so uh there are a handful of monsters that were drawn from season three that are recognizable um you these kind of got pulled into uh the 2000s era movie in movies for instance cyber chase and then uh the second live action film yeah and we get the tar monster we get the jaguaro (laughs) we get um old iron face uh and we get like maybe one or two more but those are all from season three but basically like season three saw like a a like steep decline in quality i don't know what happened please forgive me gavin i will literally talk at you for two hours Um, i think scooby-doo deserves to be a a mega episode on this the reason i don't know i don't know where we were gavin but like i i just kind of want to like quickly go through uh some of the incarnations really quickly through uh of scooby-doo but so the we had the first three seasons. Now you named the Scooby Doo Show, which was created in the '70s and ran into the '80s. Uh, and this is in the Scooby Doo Show is where we meet Scrappy Doo, who persists. Worst decision in television history. I do not like Scrappy Doo, and I'm glad that I don't know if anyone actually likes Scrappy Doo. But the funny part is, you know, oh, Scrappy. But we also meet Scooby Dumb. I remember I've I remember Scooby Dumb's existence, and I'm really happy that Scooby Dumb is not really a thing anymore. Same, same with Scrappy. Now, here's the funny thing: the the reason that I mentioned uh, that I asked, you know, what you meant about like the perversion of the series is uh, at least in trying to, you know, stay true or authentic to a to the product in a way with the new series, which is so based it's basically like a celebrity vehicle Mm -hmm. to deliver uh celebrities and it's so funny because scooby-doo the this the kind of 
conglomerate that it is as it's gone on has gotten more and more and more meta and yeah. um so it's like incredibly referential uh, a pup named scooby-doo which i think began airing in 1983 um the entire first episode is like basically a super like reduced uh parody of all the conventions of scooby-doo it's so the the tongue is going through the cheek at this yeah. point. So like Freddie is uh, an egomaniac who just blames whoever and like can't put two and two together. Jinkies is ba- Jinkies. Well, there you go. There's the character. Yeah, yeah. There it There's is. Velma. <laughs> Velma at one point. Velma at one point in the episode literally says Jinkies, and like everybody gasps and turns to her, and Daphne's like, oh, Velma said Jinkies. That must mean something <laughs> important. <laughs> So it the series gets like very very self referential um and you know very very meta and mimetic in a lot of ways and I think that that's kind of been in many ways you know the the uh direct to video movies and the the 2000s like original films that are mm-hmm. I think the pinnacle of you know Scooby Doo as an art form you know with those exceptions a lot of the series from the 80s onward kind of exists in this like meta swamp and it's not it's not a bad thing because it plays a lot on like our nostalgia and our love for the series and what we do know about it and what we are you know comfortable with but it's also very funny so mystery incorporated which i just started watching the first episode is super meta and super kind of like, ah, ha, ha, you know, if you yeah. watch the series, you'll get it. And what's actually really interesting about that is certain things are canon in Mystery Incorporated, which is the series from 2010 to 2013, but certain other things aren't. So I've watched the first seven episodes. In those episodes, uh, in the first episode, that basically show that the that scooby-doo where are you is canon in that series so the the original thing because they have all the like there's a museum at crystal cove that shows all the uh costumes of all the people except they've like set everything in crystal cove so like minor 49er is now in crystal cove spooky space kook is now in crystal cove so rather than like the original series, which kind of has the gang, this kind of group of, you know, assumed privileged, affluent white people driving around the ruins, this kind of er, this societal post apocalyptic. Yeah. yeah, this societal decay. You have everything taking place in like a single town. Additionally, the second live action film is canon because the ghost I... clown is that costume is in that museum. This is like Mystery Incorporated. I, I, at this point, I feel like just uh, just changing the title of this episode to Mystery Incorporated, and we just talk about give a broad overview of Scooby Doo as a series, because like Mystery Incorporated has all these things going on that it's totally not Scooby Doo is a kids' cartoon. Never mm-hmm. was like the, the first show is totally a kids' cartoon. Mm-hmm. But now we're getting into this weird like archer territory where like it's not ex- it's not sexually explicit. There's not language, mm-hmm. but like 
there's so, and I'm not trying to imply like kids can't pick up on meta meta commentary, mm-hmm. but it does presume you have a good thirty years of Scooby Doo yeah lore mm-hmm. packed away in your head. So much so much so they reference the second live action movie that no one care. The only live action Scooby Doo properties people care about less than Scooby Doo two are Scooby Doo three and then the fourth one, both of which were straight to video, and then that Daphne and Velma spin off of those spin offs. Mm-hmm. It's it's on the screen for like a second. But still <laughs> I mean, here's the interesting thing about Scooby-Doo is that it kind of it's kind of had like waves of where the defining line is between uh, what is real and what isn't uh, where where we draw the line on what the supernatural is. And I find that actually really interesting. They were having versions of the show where oh yeah the supernatural exists but they're like oh it's dracula and he's our friend or he needs our help or when we get into the 80s which is basically the spooky 80s but everything's like all the supernatural is friendly and funnily enough Mm -hmm. the supernatural is friendly except when it has like a profit motive yeah and then the threatening part is actually living people who have a profit motive so the 80s, uh, for instance, saw Ghoul School, the Boo Brothers, the Reluctant Werewolf, and the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. So these are all series that, series and films that actively acknowledge, like, yeah, the supernatural is real. And in the yeah. case of everything except for, like, Reluctant Werewolf, pretty much the supernatural is actually very friendly. Uh Except, you know, for a handful of bad eggs who are, you know, megalomaniacal or after family fortunes, which, again, gestures to some really interesting things about history. Of course, if you get into Boo Brothers, then you also get into, like, Scooby-Doo's troubling history with, like, stereotypes. And uh, there is a lot to talk about there. Yeah, there's a lot going on with with Scooby-Doo's unfortunate... um, if you're not white, you're not portrayed well in Scooby-Doo before many... Or at all. Yeah, or at all. Uh, Kevin, there are no black people. Like, none in in Where Are You. And if you're like... Here's the thing. All portrayals of, like, Native Americans, indigenous peoples, they're racist. Yeah. Chinese people or Asian people, racist. And Mm -hmm. if you're a black person, you don't exist. I don't know if they had a black person on the show like actually until like the harlem globetrotters so and even then it's a crossover with the fucking harlem Gro- globetrotters who are just like this like na- worldwide known entity mm-hmm. <laughs> oh actually we reach a point this might be a good point to end on i have the wiki page for the next scooby-doo movie open right now oh would you like to hear this I am ready. The night the name of this movie is Scoob with an exclamation mark. 
Okay. So, uh, Scoob is a 3D animated movie from Warner. Uh, it was originally announced as it stylized as S period C period O B, like mm-hmm. everything's so like an organization. Uh, 2016 at CinemaCon, the film's official title was announced, and about Scooby Doo and the Mystery Machine gang working for a larger organization. Oh, Since then, it's but not been stylized like that, so who knows what that? The the film is intended to lead into a cinematic universe based on Hanna Barbera properties. Mm. Uh, in September 2016, it was reported that Dax Shepard be reporting and or be, uh, would be directing it. Now Dax Shepard has bounced. So Frank Welker is doing Scooby. Zach Efron is Fred. Um, what? Uh, let's see. Gina Rodriguez is Velma. Will Forte is Shaggy. Tracy Morgan is Captain Fucking Caveman. Um, Kim Young is playing Dino Mutt Dog Wonder. Uh, we've got Mark Wahlberg as Blue Falcon. And Jason Isaacs as Dick Dastardly from Wacky Races. <laughs> okay, hold up, Gavin. Let's release date May fifteenth, twenty twenty. No, no, we gotta rewind. Did you say that Frank Welker is not? He's not Fred. Yeah, that's the first time he's ever not been Fred. Well, it's the first time he's not been Fred in an animated because, like the live action ones, he still voices Scooby, but like it's always like someone well, not, actually in the you know Welker who's old. <laughs> it's what's well, he's been. It's amazing he's been consistently voicing either Fred or Scooby or both for fifty yeah, it, years. He was the original Fred and has been Fred like forever. So I'm very suspicious yeah. of uh, Zac Efron Fred. Zach Efron. It's Zach Efron as Fred, and then Pierce Gagnon uh, as young Fred. He was in Looper for five seconds. Also voices the the main kid in Boss Baby back back in business, the Netflix spinoff of Boss Baby. So there's like a there's a kid Fred, there's a kid Daphne, there's a kid Shaggy, and a kid Velma. Um, So we're definitely gonna get either a flashback or like opening with them as kids. Uh, but then it ages into Gina Rodriguez, Will Forte, Amanda Seyfried, and Zac um, Efron, which means they're going for star power. Yeah. They really want this to... Um, the problem is there are no pictures, there's mm-hmm. no trailers, and this movie comes out in May of next year. Much of the cast were hired in March of 2019 and production began that month. That is not enough turnaround time on a CGI movie. I- Sonic all over again. Um, when we were talking about cyclical, the cyclical nature of Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo likes to kind of go through these periods where it'll make original work and then it'll kind of capitalize on celebrity. Um, the Scooby-Doo and Guess Who is by far not the first... All mm-hmm. celebrities. Not the first yeah. time that's actually happened. The um, This is what I wanted to bring up. The Scooby-Doo movies was actually the next thing that Hanna-Barbera made after uh, the original Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? It was Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? The original series, and then they went straight into celebrities with the new Scooby-Doo movies. And they are horrible. They are so bad, Gavin. They are unspeakably bad. Imagine, here's the thing. If you take... A regular Scooby-Doo, you know, episode, like it's about 22 minutes, that amount of plot. And then stretch it to a movie length. (laughs) 
and stretch it to an hour. Yeah. With an with a celebrity uh, who does nothing. As as for someone who has not really engaged with Scooby Doo in a long time, what would you say would be the optimum thing for them? Like what what could they queue up and sit down to to like really dive into the franchise? To really again, dive into the franchise this, ho- this Halloween season. I would say that like everybody should probably revisit the classics. I would say um we have gestured toward the fact that they have some problems and many of them have not aged well. Uh, but some of the classics are, you know, endearing and wonderful. However, uh, I would also again say that really the only real answer to the question of what makes a good marathon is whatever you grew up with, whatever you uh, were introduced to. And if you're not uh, familiar with Scooby-Doo, then I would say, you know, maybe try out the classics, maybe try one of the 80s um, spooky friendly spooky movies my personal favorite is boo brothers um even even though there's like you know some problematic like ooh, southerners are inbred hicks or like aggressive like stalking women Mm. you know um and then definitely one of the late 90s early 2000s films uh i think zombie island is kind of a must and then one of the newer things. Yeah, it's it's a cornerstone. And then one of the newer things. I'm very much enjoying uh, Mr. Incorporated thus far. Uh, though there are a handful of... There are a handful of things. The only... Th- uh, there are a handful of things that I'm a little bit questionable. But I would say, like, kind of pick and choose from each era. If you wanted to, like, marathon everything, that would be days and days and days of content. Yeah. Also, you would have to have like 15 different streaming services or buy a bunch of stuff that's never been released anywhere except home video. Scooby-Doo is best when they're producing original content that does not rely on celebrities. Uh, So I am very suspicious of this new film. I don't know how we're going to end on this, but my other take, which I don't think is very spicy, is... Scooby-Doo is not a sympathetic character, and I don't like him very much. <laughs> Scooby himself is heart is the is the C-3PO of the <laughs> franchise, and it's unfortunate that it's named after him. Had they named the original cartoon the, the Mystery Machine Gang mm-hmm. or uh, something like that, or if like the term Scooby Gang was mm-hmm. used in the cartoon as a self-identifier, mm-hmm. it might have gone a little bit better. But yeah, that that that, that dog is he not the the most engaging part of the thing the dog is named for. He functions in two capacities. Uh, He functions as mascot and he functions as MacGuffin. He's basically just the like deus ex machina plot mover device. And like Daphne is used in this capacity sometimes and a few of other of the other characters. But like he doesn't have really... I mean, the thing is, like, everything in his character, oh, he's hungry, oh, he's scared, oh, he's the- he's just shaggy, but less useful. <laughs> that's it, that's, that's it. But sometimes you need a character like that. I and mean, then Mr. Incorporated has also made him, like, really petty and manipulative, and also, so it's, is I kind of like that, actually. <laughs> yeah, so watch, watch Scooby-Doo, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have complicated feelings, but hey, that's what media is mm-hmm. for, right? To some extent, and it's just it's part of the wallpaper of Halloween at this point. Uh, thank you so much, Jared, for joining. Thank me. Thank you for talking to me about Scooby Doo for an hour, and 
uh do you have do you have anywhere you'd like to plug for for people to find you yeah so i'm on twitter at hattie palms uh h-a-t-t-i-e-p-a-l-m-s i'm also a voice actor for a handful of things i'm uh i play a role in copper heart the audio drama i also play a role in meteor city the audio drama and um Mm. that's about all that i've got to plug alright thank you so thank much you. and have a happy Halloween month who boy I'm on the verge of getting misty here it's the final September who boy I'm on the verge of getting misty over here it's the final Saturday of Spooktember thank you so much for sticking around please do follow the podcast on Twitter at Spooktember pod to keep updates on the last couple of episodes and the big party as well as where the podcast might go in the future spoiler alert slight rebranding for another holiday who could have seen that one coming (laughs) thank you so much for listening I can't wait to see you tomorrow on international coffee day when I have my first pumpkin spice latte.